welcome to Infinite Logic Entertainment, the show that delivers updated news on trending topics such as healthcare and technology. Thank you for tuning in to our very first podcast of 2021. I'm your host, Henry, and today we're going to talk about the COVID-19 virus with my co-host, Michael. Currently, there are two types of vaccines that are available, Pfizer and Moderna. Most of us have heard of them, but for some of us who haven't, we'll be providing information on those vaccines as well as comparing them. Be sure to listen all the way through. Oh, before we begin, I would like to give the floor to Michael as he shares his thoughts on the vaccines. Thanks, Henry. I'm very excited to begin our segment today by discussing one of the most important topics on people's minds right now, and that is the topic of COVID-19 vaccines. I know that many people really want to know about these vaccines and get more information, especially as COVID-19 cases keep rising. To start off with, we will discuss what exactly is the COVID-19 vaccine and how it was produced. We'll also be going over the two major vaccine producers and the current rollout plan of the vaccines. And now, let's begin topic one, all about vaccines. Thanks, Michael. So we all know that the two vaccines are mRNA. What are mRNA? Well, the, it is the first mRNA vaccine to be used in humans outside of clinical trials. There had been prior work and research in dealing with SARS and MERS outbreaks. And it has been used prior in research of, for the coronavirus. <clears throat> Before the mRNA, creating a vaccine could take up to 10 or 15 years. It advances in genome sequencing that allows scientists to learn about the viral sequence of the virus. And of course, these, vi these vaccines are government funding. And there are new and innovative tech for the development of vaccine. A quote from Dr. Thomas Cannon, a chief health officer at Project Hope and former director of the CDC Center for Global Health said that nobody is getting infected with a COVID vaccine. It is only a surface protein that would be replicated because we have given you the messenger RNA. It is not the entire virus. So based on that, it's not your typical vaccines where they're injecting the, the virus into you, but it's just the protein of the virus, the outside of the virus. So as we've learned about mRNA, let's talk about Moderna. What is Moderna? So the actual name for the vaccine is mRNA-1273. Of course, it was manufactured by Moderna and it's the mRNA vaccine. It requires two shots one month, 28 days apart. A little bit about this vaccine that does not contain eggs, preser preservatives, or uh, latex. The vaccine is recommended for people age 18 years and older. Something you should keep in mind though, that if you had a severe allergic reaction after getting the first dose of the vaccine, 
you should avoid getting another dose of the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. An immediate allergic reaction means a reaction within four hours of getting vaccinated. And the symptoms include hives, swelling, or wheezing. Some other side effects are when you get you know, the shot in your arm is you will feel pain, swelling, redness. And as for the rest of your body, you'll feel a little chills, maybe some tiredness and headaches. The side effects usually start within a day or two of getting the vaccine. They might feel like flu symptoms and might even affect your ability to do daily activities. But as most, for, as most effects, they should go away in a few days. Most side effects are mild to moderate. However, a small number of people have severe side effects that affected their ability to do daily activities. So out of all the clinical trials, the Moderna vaccine has a 40, 94, excuse me, 94.1% effective rate um, and that the CDC will continue to provide updates as we learn, as they learn more about, you know, how the vaccine works in real world condition. A little information about the participant who uh, were vaccinated with the vaccine. Most people who participate in the trials, roughly 82%, were considered to have an occupational risk of exposure, with 25.4% of them being healthcare workers. So based on a article from the New York Times, an independent panel of experts uh, that advised the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention voted on Saturday, December 19th, to endorse a second coronavirus vaccine for the United States. And unlike Pfizer, the Moderna vaccine is approved only for people 18 and older. Moderna did not begin the pediatric studies until the month of December and does not expect to have complete data on safety and efficiency until sometime this year. Like I mentioned before, there might be some sev uh, severe allergic reactions, but it shouldn't be normal. It should go away in a couple of days. Dr. Grace Lee, a pediatrician and vaccine expert at Stanford University, stated that the risk of the allergic reactions associated with the, the vaccine does not seem quantitatively higher than most of your typical vaccines. There were three allergic reactions that reported in the Moderna clinical trials, which included more than 30,000 adults, half of whom received a placebo instead of the vaccine. There was a, uh, a meeting and the experts raised concern about the cases of facial paralysis called Bell's palsy, three of which occurred in the vaccine group for the Moderna, but there's no evidence yet that directly links the paralysis to either of the vaccine. There were reports that more than half of people who received the Moderna vaccine during the clinical trials experience uncomfortable symptoms such as fatigue, headaches, and soreness. After the first shot, 
giving about four weeks after the first. And even some volunteers develop a fever or a rash around the injection site. The incidents, like I mentioned, appear to be much more common in Moderna's than Pfizer's. But Pfizer contains a smaller dose of the active ingredient. But the most side effects disappear within a day or so of the in injections. Neither the Moderna nor Pfizer has yet collected data in people who are pregnant or breastfeeding. Um, but none of the 13 volunteers who became pregnant while participating in Moderna's clinical trials, six of whom received vaccine, reported harmful effects. On December 18th of last year, the US Food and Drug Administration issued an emergency authorization for the second vaccine to prevent COVID-19. The emergency use allowed Moderna vaccine to be distributed in, in the US for use in individuals 18 years of age or older. So why is Moderna only available for people ages 18 or above? The study needs to have at least 3,000 participants to provide valid safety and effectiveness data and to get authorization from the FDA. However, Moderna has only gotten roughly 800 teens participants per month. I think that's all the information I have on Moderna. Uh, Michael, if you have anything to add, feel free. Cool, sounds good. Uh, that was really well uh, researched. Thanks, Henry. Uh, and then so now I'm going to go into the Pfizer vaccine a, a bit um, and basically just go over the vaccine and basically just the general information about it. So as far as the Pfizer vaccine is concerned, um, it is similar to Moderna uh, and it's basically a vaccine that was created by a biotech company called Pfizer. Um, and it's also an mRNA vaccine. And then on December 11th, 2020, the Food and Drug Administration uh, issued the emergency use authorization for this vaccine. And then so that basically allowed the Pfizer vaccine to be distributed in the US. Uh, and then as Henry had mentioned, um, there are some differences between the two vaccines. And the main one is just that the Pfizer emergency use authorization is for people aged 16 and older, not just 18 year olds, but also 16, uh, year, 16 years and above. Um, so that's one of the main differences between Pfizer and Moderna. And then um, both vaccines are similar in that they're roughly 95% effective at preventing the uh, COVID infection. Moderna is 94.1%, like Henry mentioned, and then Pfizer is 95% accurate. That's basically the similarities, uh, as Henry had mentioned before. Uh, and then for some more differences, um, each dose of Pfizer's vaccine contains 30 micrograms, as opposed to Moderna having a much larger dose of 100 micrograms. That basically just means that using Moderna is a little bit more than three times as much vaccine per person as Pfizer is, but the results are roughly the same. They're both roughly 95% effective. And then also the other difference is with the shipping of both vaccines, um, Moderna's vaccine has to be shipped at negative four degrees Fahrenheit, while Pfizer's must be shipped at, and stored at negative uh, 94 degrees Fahrenheit. And then in terms of rollout, they're both being rolled out in a similar way, but overall um, they're both similar. And then Pfizer is also um, produced as part of Operation Warp Speed. So that's basically the operation funded by the U.S. government to create the vaccines and to distribute them. 
other than that, Pfizer was the first mRNA vaccine to be used in humans outside of clinical trials. So it was the first vaccine that was actually used and tested. And it's basically where the first biotech company really shined in producing this vaccine and delivering the results that Operation Warp Speed had wanted. Now, as of recently, there has been some uh, issues with the vaccine or some controversy, and that's mainly uh, in Norway, where roughly uh, 29 patients have died as a result of getting the Pfizer vaccine. Um, it's, it's mostly in older people and people who had pre-existing conditions, but this is still a cause for concern. Um, and then as a result, Norway is a bit, I'd say the government in Norway is a bit um, flustered by this, and they're taking precautionary measures. And then other countries such as Australia have also um, questioned Pfizer about this and they're trying to sort out the situation. Uh, and so this is like a recent news. So we'll, we'll keep you updated as the story continues. But that's like the only major problems that have really occurred so far. And, you know, hopefully the situation gets resolved um, and hopefully everything works out. Wow, that's, that's really tragic. Um... But yeah, I mean, with, with all these vaccines uh, being rolled out as fast as they are, you know, there are some side effects that you're going to experience and some misunfortunate things are going to happen. So I, I hope everything's going to be all right. Well, thanks, Michael, for all that information on Pfizer. Uh, now that we've discussed both vaccines, let's recap on their similarities and differences. The... Pfizer emergency use authorization is for people age 16 and older, while Moderna is for people 18 and older. Although the company has recently begun testing its vaccine in 12 to 17 year olds. Pfizer vaccines show an efficiency of 95% at preventing the symptomatic COVID infection measures starting from seven days after the second dose was administered. The Moderna vaccine, on the other hand, was 94.1% effective at preventing the symptomatic COVID-19, and it measured starting from 14 days after the second dose. So there's a, a, a double of days you know, after you have taken your first dose com uh, compared to Pfizer. Uh, it is unknown if either, if either one of them prevents asymptomatic infection with the SARS cov 2 virus. Both the Moderna and the Pfizer slash BioNTech vaccines requires, uh, require two shots, a priming dose followed by a booster shot. The interval between Moderna doses is 28 days, while the Pfizer is 21 days. Following up on what I previously mentioned, um, the dose of Moderna is much larger than the uh, one dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, um, the Moderna dose is roughly um, a little more than three times as much uh, of the vaccine dose as Pfizer's is. Um, but like I said earlier, both results are similar. And then uh, as we discussed earlier, Pfizer's vaccine must be shipped and stored at uh, negative four degrees Fahrenheit, while Moderna's is only shipped at negative four degrees Fahrenheit. So Pfizer's has to be kept um, in a colder, I guess, environment than um, Moderna's or like a colder incubator or freezer. So that's also a major difference. Uh, and then um, 
The other key difference is after thawing, um, one vial of the Pfizer vaccine has to be used within five days. While Moderna's is stable um, at fridge temperature for 30 days and also stable at room temperature for 12 hours. So that's, that's a major difference. And I guess it mainly affects uh, the vaccine distribution and rollout. So states um, and hospitals have to know which vaccine they're dealing with and then take the precautions to um, deal with that type of vaccine um, in a certain way, or else there could be some wasted doses or something could go wrong. So that's just helpful information to know, and it'll definitely help with the rollout and dealing with the vaccine. And then speaking of the uh, current rollout plan, um, so the current rollout proposal by the CDC and by the Trump administration is states have to follow the certain CDC guidelines, or at least the CDC recommendations, and that is basically the phase 1A of the rollout is um, only for healthcare workers and long-term care uh, facility residents. So basically, those are the people who receive who are receiving the first few doses of the vaccines in each state. As the phase 1A ends, then phase 1B occurs, and then that's when um, people who are 75 years old or older and other frontline essential workers begin receiving the vaccines. And I believe that's the, the current phase we're in across the nation. So they'll be receiving the doses of the vaccine. And um, as this phase continues, um, it includes other frontline workers, such as first responders, corrections officers, food and agricultural workers, postal service workers, manufacturing workers, grocery store workers, public transit workers, and then workers who work in educational settings like teachers and other support staff and um, child care workers. So that's what the CDC classifies as potential workers and they'll all be receiving the vaccine in this phase. And then after this phase is over, then begins phase 1C, which is people uh, aged 65 to 74 years old, and then other people aged um, 16 to 64 years old uh, who are high risk uh, or have high risk medical conditions, and other essential workers who are not included in phase 1A or phase 1B. I believe this is going to be the next phase we move into, but basically now it'll include these groups of people who received the vaccine. And then the CDC also defines um, the additional essential workers as including those in transportation and logistics, water and wastewater, food service, shelter and housing, including construction, uh, finance, IT and communications, energy, legal, media, and public safety, such as engineers, and then also public health workers. So this is basically the current CDC plan. It's what's on their website, what they've released. That's what all the states have been following so far. Yeah, no, uh, to comment on that, it, it makes sense to, you know, get the healthcare workers, frontline workers, uh, get them all out there so they can help with all the patients that are coming to the hospital, minimizing their risk of getting infected by the COVID-19. So, you know, we, we just have to wait uh, for, for us to get vaccinated. Yeah, for sure. I think as um, the, the plans and the phases keep moving on, I think the CDC might add some updates or they might, um, I don't know, they might make some changes too, especially as we get more doses of the vaccine. I think one of the big reasons of the current phase is because as of right now, there's been concerns that there haven't really been that many vaccine doses. So they really want to prioritize essential workers and uh, people who are at risk. I think that's the big reason. But I think as production increases of the vaccines, more and more people will have access to them. And then that's when uh, probably people who are not in those categories will begin receiving vaccines as well. But that's probably a future thing. 
And then another thing to note is that as the Biden administration enters office, the plan will definitely change a little bit too. So Biden has publicly stated that he does not like the current vaccine rollout plan. He's even quoted as saying the current rollout is a dismal failure so far. And so he wants to increase testing, expand vaccinations, and just provide more vaccine production and also more vaccine access. So the plan could also change in the coming weeks too, after Biden gets inaugurated. And then just a quick overview of Biden's plan and how it differentiates with the current plan. Like I mentioned earlier, Biden's plan provides funds to expand the vaccinations and testings, but he also wants to provide stimulus checks and stimulus for like small businesses and the American people in general. And then he wants to expand testing and get more people vaccinated. And he's even said that um, he wants to deploy the uh, FEMA and National Guard to set up COVID vaccine clinics across the U.S. So probably to help get more people vaccinated and provide more opportunities to reach communities. And then Biden also wants to provide an additional $50 billion to expand testing, which is seen as key to reopening schools and other educational buildings and ventures. And he wants to do this by the end of the administration's first 100 days. And then uh, another $130 billion would be provided to help schools reopen without risking any risks of infection or other negative effects. To do this, Biden also wants to um, fund the hiring of 100,000 public health workers and then also focus on encouraging people to get vaccinated and have more testing and tracing to determine like where the hotspots are and how do we control the spread, basically. But his number one concern is basically with getting people vaccinated, encouraging vaccinations, and providing more funding in general. Well, that's a thorough plan. And uh, hopefully everyone, you know, will get vaccinated and everything. I'm really curious about what Biden's plan is going to be. I think we should do an episode on that. Yeah, we could. That's a pretty good idea. I know, especially once he becomes president and once he's like sworn in, he'll start to implement his plan. And that's when you could see major changes. So... Yeah, you know, we, we never know. We might have an episode on Biden's plan in the coming future. So we can provide everyone with uh, more information on that plan and what's going on and what's going to be taking place. So, yeah, so thanks, Michael, for all that information on the raw proposal and also a brief you know, summaries and things on his plan. Do, do you have anything else to, to talk about? I think that pretty much um, is like a brief overview of Biden's plan. And like Henry mentioned, we could possibly be be discussing that in the future, especially as it becomes more relevant. And other than that, I think that's about it for this week's episode of the Infinite Logic Entertainment Podcast. Uh, Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you at the next episode.